in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Wow, this is it. July 31st, tomorrow's August. Once August sits in, man, it's flying by, but um, that's all right. That's all right. That's life. That's how it goes. It's always going too fast. Finally, some productivity on Capitol Hill for our side. I mean, I'm feeling it, aren't you? Oh, I know the fake news is not talking about it, but this, uh, this Devin Archer thing. Devin Archer, best friend of Hunter Biden, uh, on the eve of going to jail himself, doesn't think he belongs there. I don't think he belongs there, actually. The judge didn't think he belongs there. Devin Archer was on the Burisma board. Devin Archer was uh, started a business called Rosemont Seneca with with Hunter. And, um, well, Devin Archer knows a lot. And right now he's in front of the House Oversight Committee. Unfortunately, no cameras are there. It would have been great. I mean, you know, on their side, why is it that Vinman gets uh, national television exposure and this guy is behind closed doors and all? Anyway, um, we're going to find out hopefully in the next couple of hours what we believe he will say. What we believe he's saying right now is that, yeah, Hunter was flaunting his father, the then vice president of the United States, in all these crazy deals in uh, Ukraine, uh, Kazakhstan, Romania, uh, anybody he was doing business with, he said, you, you, you know, I can get stuff done for you here. Just watch. I'm going to get my dad on the phone. Vice President Biden. Yeah, watch this. Watch this. And he'd call him up and they'd have some sort of bogus conversation on speakerphone and everybody would be wowed and impressed. The message was, I can get to him. All right. I'll get to him. We'll take care of whatever it is you need. Then uh, that's really how it worked beautifully, beautifully until they were caught. Uh, the Burisma thing, this uh this Shokin, the prosecutor, he was fired, and that's exactly what Zlochevsky wanted. That's exactly what the big boys at Burisma wanted. That's why they hired these guys. That's why they hired them. Uh, Hunter Biden, who didn't speak Ukrainian, didn't speak Russian, knew nothing about oil and gas. Same for this guy, um, uh, Archer, Devin Archer. Cool name, you got to admit. It sounds British, but he's from Long Island. I think he's from West Islip or West Hampton, one of those. And uh looks like the Justice Department, he was found guilty of something unrelated to all this stuff, although something tells me it's all kind of part of the same big mosh pit. And the the Justice Department, he's already been sentenced to a year and a day in jail, and the Justice Department wanted to send him to jail today, Monday morning. All right, oh, show up to jail before you can testify. That didn't quite wash, so he's there uh now and... I don't know. Maybe he's just going to clam up. Maybe he's hoping for a pardon from from Joe. Maybe, 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 maybe a lot of things. We uh, we don't know. I do know this. Joe's on vacation right now. Joe Biden is on vacation, sitting on a beach, sitting on a beach. This is his like 67th vacation day this year. It's, you know, obviously your normal working person doesn't get that much vacation. Maybe 14 days, maybe 10 days. But there's also this high profile or like, like really intense executive CEOs, you know, who are committed to their company and committed to their people. Those guys don't take any time off. And I'm looking at, he's sitting on a beach like some ordinary schnook. It's okay to go to the beach when you're retired or when you're 19. I think, I think people who can go to the beach are between the ages of five and 21. And then you really shouldn't be back to the beach. Until you're about 65. I mean, you can go little, little short doses here and there. 
But there he is again. I and I know I, I you remembered all these politicians. We will not rest until we get health care for all. We will not rest until we increase the minimum wage. We will not rest. There he is. He's resting here. You're resting <laughs> here in the weeds. Um, it's very important when you get a chance to not listen to the fake news, but listen to the primary sources, primary sources, you know, all weekend long. Everybody, especially yesterday, was trying to tell me what Trump said at his big speech. He had two big speeches this weekend, the Lincoln Day dinner, the Lincoln Memorial dinner, something. It was only 10 minutes long. I saw it. It was excellent. It's fine. Um, a lot of the rhinos were trying to say, oh, he's a bad speech. He just read from his uh, binder. Well, he, they only gave him 10 minutes. That's part of the thing. And when you, you got, he, he covered all of his points. He was great. And then he had another big speech in, well, it was more of a rally in Erie. And he did a great job, and uh, they talked about it all day long yesterday, every single Sunday show, all Trump, all the time. It was like five Trump references to every Biden reference, but they did not show you what he said. It's kind of amazing. They don't trust us. Remember in 2016, 2015, when they would take those rallies at night on television um, they don't do that anymore. <laughs> That's they don't want us knowing, and they don't think we're going to go to the trouble of of going to C-SPAN and and listening to what he has to say. Um, now you got to watch the whole thing. It's an hour and a half. I know. Look, you listen to this stuff for an hour and a half, you'll know ten times more than any fake news reporter. They're not even listening to it for. They're only letting somebody else feed them the clips. Well, anyway, here are some gems that I liked. Ooh, before we get to that, the latest poll has Trump up. I mean, it's insane. It's like 50 points over uh, everybody in that Republican field, including DeSantis. Uh, DeSantis is a major disappointment for all the rich guys. The, the donors, the big shots, they thought DeSantis was going to be cruising by now. Let's see here. <laughs> this is a New York Times Siena College poll. Trump is at 54%. DeSantis is at 17%, almost 40 points. Pence, 3%. Tim Scott, 3%. Nikki Haley, 3%. Vivek Ramaswamy, 2%. Chris Christie, 2%. This is unstoppable. These people are going to have to start, you know, and they're kind of wasting their time and our time and hurting our chances. You know, the money that they're spending would be so much better spent on get out the vote operations, Legal ballot harvesting where that can be done. It's, it's crucial, but no, these, these guys are on an ego trip, especially Chris Christie, especially Asa Hutchinson, or as I call him, Ada for certain reasons. Um, all right. Saturday night, Saturday afternoon, cut 27, please. One of these guys, Coke. You ever hear of Coke? So Coke, he says, a couple of months ago, I said, I had the best four years I've ever had during the Trump administration. Uh, yeah, I believe I'll be uh, supporting DeSantis. I said, what the hell is that all about? The guy admits, maybe that's called inheritance. The guy admits he's had the best four years he's ever had. He's going to support. But so now they're all calling me and they go like this. Ring, ring. So-and-so's on the phone. Oh, hello. Uh, President, <laughs> I was just calling to say hello. I said, you mean you're just calling to say that you've been looking at the recent poll numbers? That's real. They're not stupid. They see what's happening. So he's lost all of it. I think he's lost every high roller. 
And they say, what's his problem? I say, he's got no personality. I could have told you that a long time ago. A politician needs a little personality. <laughs> the high rollers. It's true. And you will not hear this stuff. You don't hear this stuff anywhere else. Some some of the political talk shows will talk about the donors and how they're disenchanted with with DeSantis. But you don't get it like that. Ring, ring. President, I'm just calling to say hello. When he walks out, the crowd goes wild. Cut eight. Think Biden could get this? DeSantis? It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. All right, so this goes on for an hour and a half. Well, thank you very much, Erie. We love Erie. We've been winning Erie right from the beginning. Yeah! Uh, this is the this is the part that got the uh, fake news really spooked, that somehow this is, ooh, this is a dark turn. This is dark. This is dark. This is anti-democratic. He's talking about running in elections. This is a big clip that everybody ran all weekend long. Isn't this horrible? Cut nine. Radical lunatic Democrats, they impeach me, they indict me, they rig our elections. And the Republicans just don't fight the way they're good people, but they don't fight the way they're supposed to fight. The others are dirty, sick players, and the Republicans are very high class. They've got to be a little bit lower class, I suspect. They sit back and they say... They have other priorities. We have to look at other things. Any Republican that doesn't act on Democrat fraud should be immediately primaried and get out. 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 Hey, time out. Time out. Guess who just died? Pee Wee Herman. Pee Wee Herman is dead at the age of 70. Paul Rubens. Pee-wee Herman. Remember Pee-wee's Big Adventure? Uh, somehow that was a great big hit of a movie. I actually liked it myself. I remember going to see that. Uh, we know Pee-wee Herman for basically three reasons. Uh, that movie. Uh, he had a TV show on Saturday mornings, Pee-wee, you know, Pee-wee's Little Adventures. He had a great starring role in a movie with Johnny Depp where he played some sort of drug kingpin. And, of course, there was the incident in the porno theater. Yes. I don't know why he did that. I don't know why one would do that. But he did that by himself. Well, he wasn't by himself. That was a problem. We don't have porno theaters anymore. If only, uh, well, he went to a porno theater and he dropped his pants and uh, entertained himself instead of uh, the audience. Very strange. But anyway, let's focus on the good, the laughs that Pee Wee gave us. I was actually just thinking about him the other day. Whatever happened to him? What is he doing right now? What does he do with his time? You know, it's really tough for these actors, some of them, you know. What their lives often lack is structure. Now, I didn't realize he was that old, 70. Not that that's old, but, uh, yeah, 70 years old. Pee Wee, what do we have to say? Can we get a Pee Wee Herman clip or something like that? That movie was such a... I don't understand what it was. Nobody really did. Who was this guy? He was big in Saturday mornings, and then they gave him a whole show 
I remember that scene. He's in the, he gets a, he's a hitchhiking with Large Marge. Remember Large Marge gives him a ride and tells him that ghost story. What else happened in that movie? Um, Simone, he fell in love with that girl, Simone, who wanted to go to Paris. Um, and then there was a Pee Wee's Adventure Part 2. I don't know. Talk kind of like that. We got a Pee Wee clip. We're working on it. All right. Well, anyway, um, best of the family. Sorry about that. And yeah, that was like a big, 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 big deal when he got busted in that porno, porno theater. Um, no more porno theaters. Do they even exist anywhere? Remember 42nd Street? Remember 8th Avenue? Remember all that stuff? All the time. I guess you know who kind of cleaned that up? Rudy Giuliani. And um, and David Dinkins, actually. I, I know where David Dinkins didn't have anything. He had a lot to do with it. He had a lot to do with it, especially the Times Square stuff. Cleaning it up and hiring 5,000 new cops. All right. Pee Wee Herman, rest in peace. Back to Trump. Cut 10, please. Cut 10. When we win the election, a little more than a year from now, I will appoint a real special prosecutor to expose the monumental corruption of the Biden crime family once and for all. Wow. By the way, this is totally appropriate. We want political control of the Justice Department. We want political influence. You can't have unelected bureaucrats calling all the shots and they create these rules and these rules become regulations and these rules become so onerous, so complicated, uh, so arcane that the members of Congress who come and go, they can't figure it out. They can't untangle all that stuff. You know, the president is in charge. Article two, you can look it up. He's in charge of the executive branch. He can actually call up Bill Barr and order him to prosecute somebody. He can or could have. That's political interference. You know, they have successfully, the swamp has successfully made political a bad word. Political is of or pertaining to elections, which means to me of or pertaining to um, democracy. Hey, by the way, we don't have a cause of death on Pee Wee. We'll look for that. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. How obnoxious. Stop it. This is the Pee Wee song. Yikes. That guy became a successful with that silly show. Yikes. All right. Pee Wee Herman is, what should we talk about? Pee Wee Herman or Devin Archer? I mean, what do we got? Actually, we got a little bit more to say about Pee Wee Herman. Pee Wee Herman. What are the, he's dead at the age of 70. Now I have a bit more information. He died of cancer and he put out a big message post death posthumously. I think the word is he writes, uh, please accept my apology for not going public with what I've been facing the last six years. I have always felt a huge amount of love and respect for my friends, supporters, family. Uh, actually he doesn't mention his family, uh, friends, fans, and supporters. I have loved you all so much and enjoyed making art. And let's see here. The next, the estate says last night, we all said farewell to Paul Rubens, the iconic American actor, um, and it was a battle with cancer. He bravely and privately fought cancer for years with his trademark tenacity and wit. Can I hear a little bit of Pee Wee from that movie or that show? This is the large Marge moment. He gets in the truck. Thanks for stopping. 
<laughs> Some night, huh? On this very night, ten years ago, along the same stretch of road... Large Marge. In a dense fog, just like this, I saw the worst accident I ever seen. There was this sound. Oh, boy. Like a garbage truck. Dropped off the Empire State Building. Pee Wee's all and freaked when out. They finally pulled the driver's body from the twisted, burning wreck. wreck. It looked like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. All right, enough of that. Thank you. Uh, a lot of people, that was more Large Marge speaking than Pee Wee, but. A lot of people erroneously think that the woman driving the truck is Ann B. Davis from uh, the Brady Bunch. It's not. It's somebody else. Ann B. Davis was driving a similar car in the Brady Bunch movie, but not in the Pee Wee movie. Uh, Pee Wee Herman, dead at the age of 70. Do we have Pee Wee Herman talking normally? All right, here's uh, Paul Rubens. Go ahead. Thank you for being here, Paul. I'm so you know how much I just I love you. You know I, I will tell you this every time. I Why don't you marry me? I wanted to. Uh, I, You're already married, but we could. We could no. do it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I could. Why not? Uh, I, I've seen I've seen Pee-wee's Big Adventure uh, probably 180 times. I think wow. around. It, I, I remember in high school I counted it was 150. I've seen it more, but come on. Oh, this is my favorite movie. It's like it's one. Of, it's just oh, so awesome. It's so great and so many. Uh, uh, memorable things uh, and uh, Tim stop Burton. it for a second. Who's, his first who's film, interviewing his him? first film? His Gosh, first feature just, film. I mean, is there going to be another? Who's, who's interviewing him? Uh, that was Jimmy Fallon of all people. More Jimmy Fallon than Pee Wee. Anyway, all right. Sorry, Pee Wee. Rest in peace. And uh, that's it. That's it. Nothing we can do. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, uh, Robert Chambers, remember that case? Robert Chambers, the preppy murderer, is out of jail uh, after 15 years. Now, it wasn't for killing that girl, Jennifer Levin. He already did his time for that. He did 15 years for that. I think he got 5 to 15 for killing Jennifer Levin, remember? It's like in the 80s, mid-1980s. It's like a stupendously good-looking guy. I can say that. He was. uh, I think he was uh, 19, prep school kid, but kind of a... Uh, a truant, you know, kind of a delinquent. And, um, uh, you, you know, had a drug problem, was robbing everybody. And, uh, but he looked like the ultimate, um, you know, prestigious type fellow. And girls were totally in love with him. And, uh, yeah, he killed that young girl, Jennifer Levin, who was enamored with him. They went from Dorian's Red Hand, which I think is on Second Avenue. And they walked all the way over to Central Park, which is one hell of a walk. Why did they go all the way over there? And they hook up in the bushes behind the Metropolitan Museum. And uh, I guess he strangles her. He says it's rough sex. Um, the jury uh, deadlocked. They couldn't They couldn't come to a verdict. And during the deliberations, he pleaded guilty to some manslaughter charge. He got 5 to 15 years, was able to spend that night home. They didn't take him right to jail. That was like an important point. The prosecutor was Linda Fairstein, an amazing woman a real hero who got such a bad rap over the Central Park Five stuff. And uh, I hope she gets justice. She's suing Netflix. You know, they try to make her out to be this monster in the Netflix show. Anyway, Jack Lippman was a defense attorney. It was kind of considered a pretty big win in a weird way 
5 to 15 years, but he was such a delinquent and a troublemaker that he did all 15 years. You know, didn't get out a moment early. I guess he got out in, what, 2003? And he looked like the same guy, you know? He's kind of very pale, but he was like the same guy, tall, you know, good-looking. And um, and he got mixed up with drugs, and then they arrested him four years later, a couple of times. But the big bust came in, like, 2007, 2008 for drugs, dealing drugs. And when they um, when they came for him, he punched a cop pretty hard. And uh, so they got him on assault and they actually sentenced him to 19 years in jail, which is more than what he got for killing that girl. But I guess they let him out a little bit early. You know, we do have parole. So that's 15 years ago. And he's out. They say he's out of jail in a halfway house in Rockland County. I would say to uh, Robert Chambers, stay the hell up there, okay? Uh, the city is no good for you. You know, the temptation, the drugs, and um, I just, uh, well, the Levin family, I wonder how they feel about this. Uh, the mother is still alive. Her name is Phyllis, and uh, it's a real, real hardworking woman who wanted the best for her son. They moved to Manhattan from Queens. Maybe that was a mistake because Manhattan can be a real rat race in terms of, uh, you know, the prestigious private schools. You got the very prestigious private schools, then you got the somewhat prestigious private schools, and then you got the ordinary private schools. God forbid you have to go to a public school. Oh, my goodness gracious. A public school. Um, and you fall into that and you're always comparing yourself to other people and money and, and they didn't have really much in the way of money. So, all right. Robert Chambers is out. Make a note of that, ladies. Be careful. All right. I'm sure he's, uh, who the, how the hell do I know if he's a good guy or not? I don't know. I never met him. Um, hey, DeSantis, the problem with DeSantis, one of his many problems is, you know, he lost a lot of weight and that's great if you're trying to live to be a hundred or you know, expand your lifespan. But if you're, if you want to be a candidate, you see, he lost the weight and he went right to being a candidate. He doesn't know himself as a skinny guy. He hasn't been skinny in about 15 years and now he's skinny again and he doesn't know how to act. I actually think that's one of the problems. Um, DeSantis cut 18, please cut 18. Well, look, what I've said the whole time is, you know, some of the name calling stuff, I think it's juvenile. It's not something that I'm going to be involved in. Um, I'm a guy about substance. I'm about guy about getting the job done. And so we've been very clear when people have asked about substantive attacks that he's launched on policy where we may disagree. I mean, for example, his campaign has attacked me for voting against some of the massive spending bills that he signed as president, but he was wrong to sign those bills. He should have vetoed it. They added $8 trillion to the debt when he was president. They've attacked me for voting against an immigration amnesty bill that he supported as president. He didn't say he would do that when he ran in 16. So I was the one standing up for America First policies. And then, of course, I think uh, dealing with the bureaucracy and the administrative state, he promised to drain the swamp in 2016. He did not do it. The swamp got worse, and we ended up with people like Anthony Fauci in charge. So those are all going to be, I think, uh, issues that we're going to continue to discuss. But I don't like the name calling. I don't do it. Hey, you know what? Um, I don't do it. I'm better than that. Well, uh, he's uh, he's not better than lying about the uh, previous administration. Now, Fauci, Donald Trump gave us Fauci. Fauci was there. Fauci has been there since 1987, the director of the National Institute of Health. We all saw, that's a big thing. We all saw the swamp conspire and plot and do everything it could to trip up Trump, and we saw him fight. 
That's the big difference. You know, every politician says they're going to fight, but he's the only one we actually saw do it. We actually saw him do it. Most of them just get comfortable. George W. Bush, he wanted the, did, did he really want to accomplish anything? I, I want to, I want to restore honor and integrity to the, to the Oval Office. Well, uh, compassionate conservatism. What does that mean? It was nothing. It was just a slogan that people came up with and gave him because he wanted to be a big shot. He wanted to, you know, I don't know, further the family name. He wanted to avenge the father. He wanted to, uh, it, it, it wasn't about us. Whatever it was about, it wasn't, uh, about us. Hey, you want to hear something really weird on MSNBC? This is, uh, the way they talk now about, uh, white people. And you know who does it? Uh, a lot of white people, uh, liberal people, no matter what their color is, that being white is somehow part of the problem. Cut 32, please. Cut 32. The CBC took aim at Governor Ron DeSantis and his efforts to de-emphasize race in his state's public school curriculum. And you also see school districts like um, the one in Houston, Texas, that's elim- who are eliminating libraries. And in that specific case, covering them, uh, I'm sorry, not covering, converting them to discipline centers. How do attacks on information, books, and libraries play into the authoritarian playbook you talk so uh, often about? Yeah, I want to talk. It's how the pieces fit together, and um, so there is a there's a war on blackness uh, at the ballot box, disenfranchising blacks. There's a war actually on blacks at their places of employment through the suppression of diversity and inclusion initiatives, and there's the war on blackness uh, in education, and uh, all of these uh, things fit together. And whenever I hear, uh, you know, about uh, DeSantis or others' anti-wokeness, I think of a line I have in my book uh, from somebody who lived under the dictatorship in Chile. And he says, dictatorships want people to go to sleep. <laughs> and mm. so, mm, you know, mm, yes, all of deep, the education yes, oh, initiatives mm. of the GOP, they mirror the disenfranchisement of black- Number one, don't trust anybody who says Chile, okay? It's Chile. And the other thing is, I mean, did you see there's a war on blackness. There's a war on blacks at the workplace. There's a war on blackness in education, a war on blackness. And this is coming from a white woman. You know what I'd love to see? When somebody like Candace Owens goes up against these people, conservative black people, it is, it is amazing because they, they are the, they're deathly afraid, white liberals of black conservatives. That's why you never get to see them on, on TV. Uh, they must be stuck. Can you continue with that? Because the moderator is a real piece of work here, too. Keep going. You know, all of the education initiatives of the GOP, they mirror the disenfranchisement of black people at the ballot box by not only erasing major parts of their history, but rewriting history in ways that satisfy, you know, white people. Yes. So uh, it's, it's an extension, and it's the way these things fit together. There's an overall plan. You hear the way she said white people, like that's somehow bad, right? That's inherently bad. White people. It's inherently bad. They're always the evil ones. They're always, it's just the worst, it's the least cool thing to be in the world right now. White person, white people, white people. Keep going. Stands out to me as somebody who studies the GOP as an autocratic party. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, And you know, you know, Donald Trump running for president, um, has, 
three, two uh, criminal indictments against him, and yet each time an indictment is announced against him, his poll numbers go up. And on the campaign trail, as he as as he has been doing this week, he'll go out there and tell his crowd, like he did last night at a rally, "I'm being indicted for you." Uh, this is standard for him on the campaign trail, and standard for dictators. No? Oh yeah, right. That's a dictator for you. Oh come on, this guy is too much. This is uh, Jonathan Capehart on the MSNBC, who um, in real life, I don't I don't know if he's like this anymore or what. I mean, this is a guy who helped Bloomberg get elected, uh, who worked with Giuliani. All right. This is a guy who was pro stop and frisk. This is a guy who's pro aggressive policing. But you know what? Uh, fashions change. Fashions just change. And it's, it's not stylish anymore. OK. And if you want to get ahead, especially. Wow, this is somebody who just made a uh, a new lane for himself. And uh blackness, blackness. How the hell can anybody say with a straight face there's a war on blackness and white people are erasing black history? Goodness gracious, what the hell's going on? You think this is apartheid? You think it's not South Africa 1982? Insane. But uh it's music to their ears, uh to the left. There's something else here. This is... Remember this, the great judge who tossed out that bogus plea agreement last week? Um, that is a Trump-appointed judge, right? Wrong. Democrat senators got together and made sure that uh, she was the judge. This is Chris Coons, most famous, quite frankly. Sorry, Senator Coons. You got your 17-year-old daughter felt up by uh, Joe Biden. We all saw that. And you just stood there like a schnook. Your wife knew that something was up. But uh, here we go. Talk about spin. Cut 33. Let me ask you this. Do you think it would behoove the president for him to come out and say, hey, I had no business dealings with my son. My son's issues are my son's issues. Do you think he needs to say that more directly? Because there's a lot of people that believe something something else will happen. Well, let's be clear about that point, Chuck. There's been a five-year investigation, five years, by a Trump-appointed U.S. attorney. Um, This investigation started during the Trump administration. And they've come forward with not one shred of evidence um, tying President Biden to any of this. Stop! Number one, Trump appointed U.S. attorney. That guy you're hearing right there, Chris Coons, recommended this dude. It was a courtesy. All right, you guys, the U.S. attorneys, you put the name in of this dude, David Weiss. Never met Trump. This is not a Trump. This is, wow, that's really dishonest. And they know that no one's going to call them out because nobody knows this stuff. And those who do know it are either too lazy or too corrupt or too beholden to actually point it out. And um, uh, this is very, very incriminating for Biden, all of this stuff. But look, look, just denies it right to our faces. Go ahead. Keep going. No, that's it. That's it. Chris Coons, I saw him eating breakfast not too long ago, right here in New York. I felt like going up to him and saying, how's your daughter? <laughs> Just like I, I didn't. I didn't. Why would I have asked? Well, because he grabbed the daughter, Joe Biden, when Chris Coons was sworn in as a senator. And it was so uncomfortable and weird and terrible. And she was like 16, 17. And you can see she's so uncomfortable. Leave her alone. Stay the hell out of it, Joe. Um all right. Any word on this uh, Devin Archer thing? No, it's still going on uh, behind closed doors. We went to a pond and my daughter fed a bagel to swans this weekend. It was absolutely amazing. You know, swans can be quite nasty. They make a noise <sighs> if they get scared. 
Uh, did that once, but then we broke out the bagel and the swan was very, very gentle and very, very beautiful. Have you seen all of the, uh, migrants hanging around the Roosevelt Hotel? Stay the hell away from that Roosevelt Hotel. What is it? Madison Avenue and 46th Street, something like that. Um, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. You know, I don't live all that far from there. Uh, the city is just going downhill fast and, yeah, Mayor Adams, you get a lot of the blame. Joe Biden, you get a lot of the blame. Uh, Mayorkas, that weirdo, he looks like, uh, Oppenheimer. I saw him interviewed over the weekend. His eyes are bulgy and weird and he's just kind of like, like, like he's, he's like he's possessed or something. It's very strange. Uh, let's hear it for James Comer, uh, Republican on the Oversight Committee. Cut 13, go. You know, I don't know if this is a coincidence or this is another example of the weaponization of the Department of Justice, but I can tell you this, the lengths to which the Biden legal team has gone to try to intimidate our witnesses, to coordinate with the Department of Justice, and to certainly coordinate with the Democrats on the House Oversight Committee to encourage people not to cooperate with our investigation to encourage banks not to turn over bank records, to encourage Treasury not to let us have access to those suspicious activity reports. It's very troubling, and I believe that uh, you know this is uh, another violation of the law. This is obstruction of justice. Uh, good for Comer. That guy's all over it. Um, you know the worst is uh, Chris Christie, still out there, two tons of fun. Uh, cannot become uh, president uh, basically because of Bridgegate and that time he sat on the beach in that uh, uh, beach chair. Remember when the beach was closed? So he'll never be president. But, boy, do they like putting him on TV. Is he even going to make the debates? Did he make the debate? Uh, cut 21, please. It's pretty brazen. The, the, these guys were, were acting like the, um, uh, the Corleones with no experience. I mean, the day after a... Um, a grand jury subpoena is served, which includes the surveillance tapes. They go down to Mar-a-Lago, and uh, Walt Nada appears to be the Fredo of this family. Uh, they send him to go down there, uh, and uh, they send him to go and delete it. Uh, this is bad stuff. And, you know, you can't say there was no underlying uh, potential crime here. Uh, this was the withholding of confidential classified information from the government after 18 months of asking Donald Trump to return it voluntarily. Not only did he not return it, he lied about having it. Um, This is not the kind of thing we could do. I want you to think, Casey, for a second about the potential effect on our troops and our intelligence officers by having this stuff just laying around and him willy-nilly showing it to whoever he feels like to be a show-off on the back deck at Mar-a-Lago. Oh, give me a break. Um, you know, this is not what a former president should be doing, and it's certainly not something that someone who wants to be president um, should be doing. Well, uh, gosh, the way he invokes the troops. Number one, Walt Nada, you say you're supportive of the troops. That guy's a veteran. Uh, number two, lies. The president has these authorities under the Presidential Records Act, um, and that subpoena actually wasn't served. It was a draft subpoena. You know, we've all seen it in the movies. We've all seen this whole damn thing is illegal. And unfortunately, very few attorneys are brave enough. We got a handful in the country. We've got Rudy Giuliani. We got John Eastman. We've got and that just might be about it. Um, but the truth is on our side. The American people see right through this nonsense. And that Fredo comment. I'll have more when I come back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
Uh, let's take a call. Andrew, hi. What's up? Hey, what's up, Greg? You know, I love Trump, but when he played that about the Biden crime family and he'll give a big investigation when he's in office in 2016, he said Hillary was crooked and that he would um, investigate and the crowd chanted, lock her up. Then he got elected and he did that interview and he said he doesn't want to hurt the Clintons, that they're good people. So why would you trust him now? To oh, it's not a matter of trust, dude. He was he did the right. He did it. He was being decent. It wasn't like he um, I, I, I don't think he reneged. It was like the election was over. Let's move forward. He had no idea. In retrospect, it was a mistake. He should have gone after him. But I thought that was a really beautiful move. That he said, you know what? No, I, they did a lot of bad things, but I don't want to hurt them. You know, it was so unthinkable, the, the environment that ultimately occurred, right? These phony impeachments, the two-year Russia investigation, initiating an investigation for firing the FBI director, all this crazy stuff hadn't happened yet when he said that to Leslie Stahl, I believe it was. So um, I um, I think he will not mess around, and I think we all have to – kind of come to terms with political influence of the justice department or inside the justice department or of the justice department is actually good that means the people are in charge not unelected weirdos who have no accountability so i prefer it that way and i think he did the right thing then and i think he'll do the right thing this time pat hello hi i just want uh, greg it's nice to talk to you i tried all last week to get you but you've been busy, and I'm glad you're busy. But that gentleman, uh, Jill's ex-husband, he was such a gentleman on the phone. He never said anything bad about them or anything. That was a wonderful interview with him. He seemed like a very kind person. Is he coming out with a book? Uh, yeah, he is coming out with a book probably sometime in the fall. Bill Stevenson, you're right. People really responded. They saw him. They saw him the way you saw him, speaking the truth but doing it with a, in a classy way. There was just something really beautiful about the whole thing. I'm glad you heard it. Maybe you saw it. It was on TV as well. And there's the music. Thank you, Pat, and I will be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Wow. <laughs> There's a picture of uh, Joe Biden at the beach in Delaware. He's wearing, uh, number one, he looks horrible, just horrible. A lot flabbier. I mean, he looks thin in a suit, but um, look, I'm, uh, I got a little extra myself, but this just looks bad. He's standing there without a shirt on with a baseball cap turned around backwards. Now, what the hell is that all about? Why would he be doing that? What is he, a catcher? Is he from the hood? What's going on? Why would you turn around and wear your baseball cap, not with the beak forward, especially when you're at the beach? It's like to keep the sun away. And he looks totally ridiculous, just standing there looking around. Hey, where are all these beloved grandkids if he's on vacation? Where is everybody? He's on the beach with Jill. That's it, the two of them. No grandkids. They've got 15 grand. Well, now, oh, it went up. It went up. You know, he acknowledged the grandkid, the one that he uh, denied for all those years. Denied four-year-old Navy. So on Friday afternoon, they put out a statement, Jill and I uh, support Hunter and the mother of Navy. And we wish them the very best as they find a path forward that is the best in the best interest of Navy. Um, why now? 
Why do they wait all this time? Why do they acknowledge it on a Friday afternoon? It has everything to do with that Bill Stevenson interview I conducted the other day. Totally. I think there's a total link. Bill Stevenson comes forward, reminds everybody that um, you know, he was married to Jill and they met Joe and Joe moved in on his wife. No hard feelings. He's over that. But the thing that sticks, the thing that still stings is that Joe unleashed the FBI on this guy, the Department of Justice. They've been doing it for decades. I'll just remind everybody, it was in 1976, 1977, uh, Jill sued Bill Stevenson, tried to get a house out of him, and it was post-divorce, and they sued to get a house. Jill lost. The judge was like, beat it. (laughs) This guy gave you an education. This guy gave you this. This guy gave you that. You don't get the house. Well, that really made, we believe, the Bidens very, very mad, especially Joe. Frank Biden approaches Bill Stevenson and says, you know, Delaware is not big enough for you and the Bidens. You may want to think about going elsewhere. He didn't. And then one day he's running this business, the Stone Balloon, a thriving business. It's a major, uh, it's basically a nightclub, a lot of music acts there. Bruce Springsteen played there and um, it's generating a hell of a lot of money. Five million dollars in taxes the place uh, paid. And then one quarter in 1982, three months go by, and they did not pay the payroll taxes by March 31st. They were due on March 31st. You know when they were paid? April 8th. You know what happened? On April 9th, they indicted him on federal uh, tax charges for not paying the payroll tax. (laughs) Eight days late, the feds move in and arrest the guy and indict him. You think they were looking for something to get them on? Yeah, they were. Obviously, it's common sense. And back then, you could do that kind of stuff. But the thing is, Joe still thinks you can do that kind of stuff. I talked about this. You know, you stop growing. When you achieve that kind of status and success and fame, and Joe Biden was a big shot when he was 29 years old, you stop growing. This is not a man who's accumulated more wisdom. He stopped growing at the age of 29. He's the prince of Delaware. And uh, he still acts like that. Small time. 1972, he was elected. J. Edgar Hoover was still the FBI director. It was a different world. A certain amount of public corruption was basically tolerated. Uh, certainly before Watergate, you were a politician, you were a senator, you were going to be a rich man, one way or the other. Uh, poor Trump, you know, he what a schnook. He made money the old-fashioned way, okay? He just went out there and hustled. Nothing wrong with that. And then he goes into politics. And back to these guys, they're always saying, I hear one, there's one Democrat in Congress now who acknowledges that Hunter Biden is a dirtbag. His name is Jim Himes from Connecticut. But then he says right away, but you got to go after Jared Kushner as well, because that's it's the same thing. It's the same thing with Jared and Ivanka. And no, it's not. It's light years different, especially with Jared. Jared was buying billion-dollar buildings. Billion-dollar buildings, years before he even met Trump, years before he met Ivanka. Jared Kushner bought 666 Fifth Avenue for a billion dollars in 2006 in Manhattan. Uh, he bought a newspaper in like 2000, 1999 when he was in college. He's like uh, Orson Welles. The guy's brilliant, successful, hardworking, doesn't drink, doesn't do drugs, Hunter, on the other hand, okay, so Jared had a real skill, had real smarts. Hunter doesn't have any of that stuff. He only had the Biden name, and he exploited it. 
and he obviously was working hand in hand, I do believe, and it looks like Hunter, uh, Devin Archer is telling this story right now to the House Oversight Committee. Devin Archer can say that on about two dozen occasions, when Hunter and he were doing business with shady overseas people from Ukraine, from Romania, from China, um, they'd say, like, well, how will you get this done for us? How will you get this done? You're just two guys. How will you get this done? And Hunter would be like, stand by. I'm going to call my dad. And he would call his dad, the then vice president of the United States, and say, you see everybody? I can get him on the phone, and he'll do whatever I say. George W. Bush did the same thing, actually. George W. Bush bragged about how he uh, could get his father on the phone any time of day. And this is back in 1992, when George W. was not even a governor. He was just a presidential son, cashing in. Cashing in. That's, uh, what is it, Mimi? I just want to say that uh, Daniel Goldman, he's from the 10th District, he was on Newsmax. He came out of the room and he said... I know who Daniel Goldman is. Daniel Goldman is a defense attorney for uh, the left. He Everything he sees, he's never going to concede anything. anything. I know. He, 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 Daniel Goldman is a clown, too. He, I have no respect for this guy. Um, Daniel Goldman was the uh, House counsel during the impeachment, the phony impeachment, phony impeachment number one. He has zero credibility. So <laughs> you don't have to listen to a word that guy says. Hey, if if Devin Archer is able to establish that Joe Biden checked in on the phone with these people and, and said just ordinary things like, hello, guys, hope you're doing well, goodbye, that's what we're looking for. That impl- That is uh, inculpatory inculpatory. That's very, very inculpatory. You've heard of exculpatory? That's inculpatory. So Mimi, you know, he's like the last guy you should be listening to on this. He's in the minority. He is, um, he's, he just, you, you can't, you got to ignore that guy. Can I say something about Chill's husband? That his mm. brother took the fall. He went to California. He never came back. Yeah. So uh, that's what I wanted. To, okay. I understand. I hope. I have hopes. Okay, about Devin Archer. We'll see. All right. All right. Hang in there, Mimi. You sound like you're taking it really tough here. I am because I want I want to get rid of this president, and and it's not doing. He's not doing anything for the city of New York, and uh, for well, national. Well, fortunately, you're in. Yeah, well, you're in. Yeah, you're in New Hyde Park. Uh, all right, all right, Mimi. Keep your keep your spirits up. I think it's going to go our way. All right, it's going to be. It's going to be a long haul, but uh, finally we're getting some answers here, and uh, I think that's great. Hey, I want to go back to Trump the other night, uh, an amazing rally, and he had some pretty choice words for Joe Biden, cut 31. And they all are, because I know these leaders of these countries. They're very street smart. They're very smart people. They're, they know what they're doing. We have, they're at the top of their game. We have somebody that's not at the top of his game, never was at the top of a game. Never was. We have a guy who's a dumb son of a bitch. And to allow this to happen, our country. I like it. It is funny when you say a bad word on stage, somehow it enhances whatever you're saying. On stage, it works. You know, if we were in private with President Trump and he said, you know, that guy's a dumb son of a bitch. I don't think we would just, you know, we wouldn't erupt in applause. But there's something about seeing somebody in a suit and tie. I guess comedians figured this out a long time ago, decades ago, when they use the F word. I mean, the F word seems to enhance every single joke. There are very few comedians who don't use 
what do they call it? They don't go blue, right? Jerry Seinfeld doesn't go blue. He blue is code for you know dirty language. Uh, Bill Cosby never did it, but I mean everybody else. They use that F word and it, it, it excites the audience. Not that the president said the X, but it does kind of, it's like, it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. I don't know why, but there's something about it. It, it gets us going. It revs our motor a little bit. Um, this is a good one too. Cut four, please. Cut four. But now the Biden administration is trying to make it illegal to even question the results or the outcome of an election. If you question the rigged election, you're a conspiracy theorist. They don't want to talk about it because they cheated like nobody's ever cheated. But only a party that cheats in elections would try to make it illegal to question them. They don't want them questioned. That's true, right? And, you know, I I still have to offer like 15 caveats when I say, I think the election was stolen. I do. I can't necessarily prove it. I can build a circumstantial case. I can point out to all the weird things that happened on uh, on election night, uh, especially Pennsylvania, and all the weird things that happened before the election, like uh, them ignoring the state constitution and saying you could vote any single way you wanted to when the state constitution says there are two ways to vote, in person or absentee with excuse. And suddenly they, they decide, oh, we don't have to worry about the constitution. We have to change the constitution. We can do it any way we want. And we'll use COVID as an excuse. Right? So all that stuff happened. Uh, the election defies every rule of politics that we know in terms of counties and bellwether states. Uh, you know, what, what, what president? I mean, Ohio and Florida, Biden loses, but somehow wins the presidency. Remember how early Florida was called that night? It was very early. Sandra, do you remember that? <laughs> um, I do remember that. How you doing, Greg? Fine. But, you know, I, I wanted to just say something. I lost my mother to the virus, to the COVID virus. And, and I saw that Rand Paul announced an official criminal referral to the DOJ regarding this because he lied. And, 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 and I think if we knew the truth from the very beginning, would my mother still be here today? You know, he, there were bans throughout the years on research and funding. And, and experts say that the virus doesn't occur in nature, but it was manipulated in the in the labs to gain function to infect the humans. So I want to know, did he follow the safety protocols instituted in 1974? And, 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 and do you think if we knew the real reason we got the virus would all these people have a better chance of maybe surviving. Yeah, I think uh, I think all those are really valid questions. Uh, uh, Fauci really seems to be a slimy guy, only concerned about his own PR, uh, trying to cover up the fact that there was grant money that uh, actually funded uh, gain-of-function research at the Wuhan lab, that it did come from that lab. They were desperate to stop that idea. They wanted to discount it as a as a conspiracy theory but it's the it's it's the real deal that's the that's the fact we know that now it's been confirmed it's amazing when we said that i was prevented from saying it you were prevented from saying it and you posted on social media so rand paul is a hero and we certainly miss your mom the beloved b b what an amazing woman always delighted my day when she would pop up on the radio thank you sandra and we remember b today when's her birthday by the way uh, April 8th. April 8th. All right. We'll do something special next year. we got a big head start. Aww. Thank you so much. I'll see you later. I'll be back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. 
Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, looks like something dynamite is happening in that briefing, that Q&A, that deposition, whatever it is, with Devin Archer and the House Oversight Committee. Who is Devin Archer? Again, mysterious, cool, uh, international mystery-sounding name, Devin Archer, but he's from Long Island. Uh, was at one point best friends with Hunter Biden. Uh, Devin Archer was on the board of Burisma. Devin Archer helped to start and run uh, that firm called Rosemont Seneca uh, with Hunter. And uh, Devin Archer is on his way to jail. He's going to do a year and a day uh, convicted of some sort of uh, bond fraud involving Indian tribes. But apparently he's very bitter about it. I don't blame him. Uh, the judge in the case actually said out loud that I think this guy's innocent. Uh, but he's going to jail. And so he's talking to the oversight committee and the allegation is, well, uh, the, the minimum is that Hunter and Devin would be there with these international businessmen who, you know, wanted stuff from Hunter and this guy and to show that they could get stuff done. They would call Joe Biden on, on the phone, speaker phone in front of other people like Nikolai Zlochevsky, the founder of Burisma and Joe would speak generally in just platitudes so they would okay got it he exists you can get him on the phone therefore behind the scenes you can get things done and joe's not going to speak in front of strangers for the most well maybe he will he's kind of losing it so that goldman uh, mimi told us about the congressman who just came out uh I'm, i i read this totally differently from you mimi he looks fidgety and nervous and like he knows this thing is just blown up uh, go ahead and take that please the president's statement saying that he never talked to any of Hunter Biden business associates? Clearly he talked, whether it's about the weather or whatever, but he said specifically that he's never talked to them. Doesn't this contradict him? I don't know what his comment is, and if we're going to... Well, I don't, I don't think that's what he said. He never said that he has never spoken to anyone. He said that he had nothing to do with Hunter Biden's business dealings. If he says hello to someone that he sees his son with, is he supposed to say, hi, son, no, I'm not going to say hello to the other people at the table or the other people on the phone? It's kind of a preposterous premise to think that a father should not say hello to people that the son are at dinner with, the son is at dinner with, and that is literally all the evidence is. Was this like a party trick that Hunter Biden used to impress the people he was with? So... Uh, this is good. This is good. I mean, we have it. We have hours of footage of, of Joe Biden saying, I never talked to my son about his business dealings. And now we have it that he's actually talking to his business associates. He's talking to them. That's been established. And you hear, well, it's okay. I mean, he could just say hello. Well, it's a lot more than hello. It's the fact that he could be reached on the phone, that he was reachable. That was the whole point. I can get things done through my father. You see, ring, here he is. So even if Devin Archer, even if that's all that he's able to say, it's a big, big problem. 
Now, you could say, and you know, you gotta look up these laws, uh, lobbying laws. Hey, maybe, maybe that means that Joe Biden needed to register as a federal agent. But even if it didn't, I mean, at the minimum, Hunter needed to register as a federal agent. He didn't. Um, and you could say, well, that's not illegal. I don't know if that's true, but let's say for a moment, somehow all of this crap isn't illegal. Well, that's not the benchmark. That's not the, uh, the standard, whether or not we vote for somebody for president. You know, vote for me. I did nothing illegal. Okay, did you do anything shady? Did you do anything underhanded? Did you, did you do anything duplicitous? Did you do anything swampy? <laughs> yeah, that would be Joe Biden. <laughs> 50 years of it. So that doesn't cut it. It's not illegal. And that's what they're actually saying out loud. Well, there's no violation of the law. Well, these guys made the laws, and they made those laws so that they could do this kind of shady business, these shady dealings. We don't like it. And seriously, what the hell is he doing on vacation? What the hell is he doing? He gets paid $400,000 a year. He's already taken 40% of the year off. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, so what else happened today? Uh, Joe Biden's at the beach. Pee Wee Herman is dead. Uh, let's see. Migrants are overtaking the Roosevelt Hotel. Uh, that's uh, out of control. I had a very successful run today. I upped my pace to an eight-minute mile. I only ran a half mile, but I ran it at a at an eight-minute mile pace. And uh, that's not uh, very impressive. But if you think back to where I was uh, last week, where I ran two-tenths of a mile at that pace, and then the two days later, I ran four-tenths of a mile at that pace, and now I'm up to five-tenths of a mile. Like my one of my uh, mentors, Jordan Peterson, said, don't compare yourself to anyone else. Compare yourself to who you were yesterday. Now, I started um, this running thing all the way back in 2019, and I was better then because, well, I was a little bit lighter. And the, and the first time out, I actually ran an eight minute mile, one mile. And then, uh, but I, that's it. And then the, the next day I went 1.1. And then a couple of days later, I do some, you know, uh, warm up runs and whatnot and uh, long runs and short runs, some sprints. And then I try it again a couple of days later, 1.2, 1.3, 1.4, 1.5 and, uh, got all the way up to three miles in 24 minutes. And then, then I started again, and then I said, okay, let's try a seven-minute mile. But it starts small, and I don't care who the hell's faster than me. I am faster than uh, the guy who ran yesterday, and I'm a little bit lighter, too. So I love it. Jordan Peterson, one of the smartest, most inspirational guys out there, except when it comes to diet. He only eats steak and water. That's it. Nothing else in his diet. Steak and water. I, I believe salt. I don't know why he does it. He does look very thin. I'll, he does thin, but uh, it doesn't seem very healthy. And uh, he actually, I think he had to go away to a hospital for like months. Nobody heard from him online. I don't know if it was to do with a diet, probably. But anyway, the book is called 12 Rules of Life. Excellent book and uh, excellent, excellent man. Now, uh, anything else from the Devin Archer stuff? We just see the sweating Democrats come out of the meeting <laughs> like they're screwed like they're screwed. And right now we believe, let's see here, ex-business partner uh, Hunter's value was the Biden brand. Hunter's value was the Biden brand. That's the 
That's the headline. Well, I think we already knew that. I mean, he had no other skill, nothing marketable whatsoever. And it was all about getting his father to do stuff. Now you could say, well, that's just prestige. Or did, was he actually doing stuff? Did Joe Biden actually do stuff for his son? And I think he did. And I think we're going to be able to prove it. And if it happens quickly, I mean, the impeachment proceedings that, uh, what's his name, gave the green light to, Kevin McCarthy, he seems to be warming up to the idea. This could happen, folks. It's getting real. Uh, Al and Yonkers, yeah. Hi, Greg. Thanks for taking my call. You know, uh, today's testimony, even though it's not open to the general public, uh, Devin, Devin Archer's testimony has the uh, potential to be explosive. As you know, with history, we've seen uh, probably the most damning uh, explosive testimony that we ever saw was from uh, the gentleman who worked for Nixon, uh, Alex Butterfield. Alexander he, Butterfield, he's the one who established that there was a tape. That's correct. When he told the uh, committee investigating the president... That there was a tape. Bob, yes, right. And Bob Woodward based his book on him, The Last of the President's Men. Uh, that hey, Bob Woodward ended, is a big, fat liar, by the way. Oh, uh, yes, exactly. But as you know, the once that happened with uh, President Nixon, uh, the end was close, and uh, they had to... Uh, you know, that was the end when that was exposed about the secret taping system in the Oval Office. So you're saying, like, uh, there could be tapes of Joe on these phone calls because the Ukrainians and the Russians are known for taping just about everything. I mean, even they go for a, a ride in their car to get milk. They're taping the damn thing. That's right. So if they're I mean, ha- and they're taped business yeah. meetings as well. Yeah. And then you also you had you remember when you the the testimony with uh, John Dean. When he said there was a cancer on the president. Well, what about that? You know, now you're getting into a lot of fake news because there's a lot there's a lot of fake news about uh, about Watergate and John Dean, who's a criminal, by the way. John Dean is an absolute criminal. And John Dean, uh, that that cancer on the presidency thing, everybody focuses on the cancer in the presidency. Well, uh, 10 seconds prior to that, he talks about what a great guy Gordon Liddy is. And we hired Gordon Liddy because he's a great guy because Gordon Liddy could be trusted. Gordon Liddy broke into that psychiatrist's office and got information for us, and he's a damn good man. It's like, what? He implicated himself, and I don't understand why that. Anyway, very fake news. And Woodward and Bernstein, oh, by the way, did not take down Nixon. That's another thing. The deep state actually did. Al, I got to go. Thank you, though. Good stuff. Um, We'll do one more. Charles in New Jersey, yes? Yes, uh, Greg, I love your uh, show. Um, Just some trivia on... uh on Pee Wee Herman, his father was a great hero. He was uh, in the U.S. Air Force in uh, World War II, and later on he volunteered for the Israeli Air Force in 1948, one of five pilots. They had four planes, and uh, he flew the second mission, and he got shot down, but uh, uh, bailed out over the uh, ocean and was saved. But uh, he was a great hero, just... uh, uh, just for everyone's information. Uh, oh boy, he, he was, was he, he was, was more to was, uh, was more to Pee Wee than what? Than we thought. Uh, he was more than funny. He was. Eh, I don't know if he was really that funny. And what about that porno theater situation? I hope his parents weren't around for that. When did his dad die? Do you know? How do you know all yeah. this about the father? 
Uh, it's on Wikipedia. Oh, Wikipedia. Well, you can't always trust Wikipedia. As a matter of fact, uh, it told me the other day that Nancy Mace, the congresswoman from South Carolina, is engaged to or was married to 50 Cent. All right? Something tells me they're not an item. But anyway, Charles, yeah, that, everybody's got a story, and that sounds interesting. Uh, hey, do you have this uh, Trump impression yet? All right, so there's this great guy, Jason Scoop. Jason Scoop is his name, and he's brilliant, does a lot of impressions. He does a fantastic Bush impression, I think the best I've ever seen. Now, the Trump is a little bit exaggerated, but it's his man. It's great. No, it's great. It's just freaking great. And here he is. He's having a mock debate, or not a mock. He's having a debate with Kamala Harris. Let's listen. Speaking of jail, uh, there has been, since 1980, the U.S. prison population has grown by almost 800%. How would you address uh, crime in the United States? Abolish all prison Well, systems. it's very simple. You look at Biden, the crime bill. He specifically labeled crack a higher penalty than the cocaine. And the crack has typically historically been used more by the African Americans. I don't know why that is, but black people seem to like crack. White people seem to like coke, but his own son was doing crack. So look at that, and then me, me. Joe the Biden guy, just want to provide. The people just, said Joe Biden just was racist. I got them all out, and you look Excuse at the people. Excuse me, I'm speaking. You Joe Biden at, just wanted to provide safe homes for black people. That's why he did the crack, the crack laws. Safe homes. He wanted to make sure locked that every away black in man, a cage. Locked every away black in a cage. man in America had a place to sleep and food to eat. That's why he did the crack laws. This is such a spin, doctor. She should have her own show on MSDNC because that's what you are. It's a horror. I would love that. They call me. So my favorite part is when he goes, because you had the crack and the cocaine. (laughs) Like he does that. He does that with the voice. So his name is Jason, Jason Scoop. And you can see him on Instagram. I think he's going to, you know, it's interesting. We don't have, uh, these mega platforms anymore that make somebody a, a national star, you know, like overnight, like you know, the tonight show, something like that, where everybody was watching, you know, nobody watches anything. Now everyone's watching a million different things. So I think this guy and actually the comedians today, uh, I bet you can make the case they're funnier than they were 40 years ago. Cause they have all this material to study, you know, they can study it in their basement. You know, we're, we're, they'd have to go, They'd have to go to the comedy clubs. They'd have to, uh, you know, how do you do it? How do you work on your impression of Richard Nixon if it's the year 1980? You know, how do you do that? Um, now you can just sit there and call up, you know, out 50 hours of Richard Nixon material or George W. Bush material. So the comedy is actually getting better. But the names, strangely enough, are not getting bigger. Jason Scoop is one of those guys I think he deserves to be household name famous. He's uh, he's on his way Scoop. Hey, one more. Carmine, hello. Hey, I just wanted I just want you to uh want your opinion, Greg, if I did the right thing or not today. Uh I go into a deli on Long Island, it's about twenty people there, families, businessmen, moms with kids, and this twenty two year old, twenty five year old walks in with no shirt on. Like I'm like, This is so unusual. And I thought it was indecent and I said somebody should say something. And I said to myself, you know, I'm such a wimp at times. I wish I had the guts to say something. And I really thought about you, and I thought about, you know, for good people not to say something. And you think about the guys on the subway, our hero who took down that uh, impersonator. And I said, I felt God said to me, no, Carmine, you do have the guts. 
And I went up to him. I said, oh, brother, you went up to him and said, what? All he's doing is not wearing a shirt. Did it have one of those signs in the wind? Did it have one of those signs in the window that said, you know, no shoes? It was a nice place, Greg. How nice? You said it was a deli. It was a deli. How nice can it be? I haven't been there. It was called. It's a All right. Listen, number one, Carmine, I don't need to know the rest of the story, although I am curious. You can tell me the rest of the story. But you were definitely in the wrong here. Leave leave these people alone. I mean, he's not breaking the law. He's a man, not a woman. He's allowed to a show. He does not have breasts. He has pectoral muscles. There's a big difference. And, oh, by the way, I have a feeling, Carmine, this was in a semi-beach environment. What town did this happen in? No, it's on Route 110 in, Hunt- in Melville, Huntington. Uh, that's pretty close to the beach. That's 15 minutes away. No, all of Long Island. No. All of Long Island is close to the beach. Uh, did he have shoes on? He had shoes on. All right. Well, listen, you should not have messed with him. It's a free country. You don't need Carmine. You don't need to be. You got, we got all, everybody's got enough problems. He, he just would have left. What's the big deal? So what did you say? Well, you know, well, I sat down and the Lord said to me, you, you're smugly justified. What about your brother? If you have two tunics, how about giving your brother one of your tunics? And I went up to him, Greg, and I discreetly gave him some money. And I said, go buy yourself a nice shirt. And he looked at me like, wow, no one's ever done that. And I had tears in my eyes. And glory to How God. How do you know he was a – I thought – wait a second. Now now you're changing your story. I thought he was just a – you know, like Jeff Spicoli, like a surfer dude. Are you saying he was homeless? No, he was online buying food like everybody else. All right. I don't know. No shirt on. Uh, I think you should have minded your own business, but that's me. I mean, it didn't seem like that big a deal. And it doesn't – you know, also it's hot outside. So he's not like – Look, I mean, he was just confused when you gave him the money, right? He thought he he thought he dropped it out of his pocket, and I was picking it up to get. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. And you could find yourself, uh, you know, someone's going to punch you in the face one of these days if you keep getting involved in these situations. And it was a stretch for me, Greg. I, you know, I, I uh, next time I, leave him alone. You have no business doing that. If anybody wants to wear, I saw a guy yesterday. No kidding, wearing a jock strap down the street. I'm not kidding. That's all he had on. And I thought about saying, you pervert, because he was definitely getting off on it. You know, his junk and all that stuff, and it's going right up. A, you know, I felt like doing that, but I didn't. I don't need this guy to punch me in the face. I don't want to get into an altercation here. I just like, you know, am I going to, you know, Carmine, it's not your job. It's not my job to straighten everybody out. You know what I mean? We just can't go around straightening everything out. If there's an injustice, it's happening right before. And that was not an injustice. That may have been, in your mind, indecent. But that's it. It's not indecent. You can go without a shirt on. At least he had pants. He did have pants, right? Of course he did. You would have mentioned that. Anyway, Carmine, thank you. All else is good? I want to tell you about the pool. You've been thinking I got to run. I got to run. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, I like this Jason Scoop one more time. Here he is. He does all the voices. This is Jason Scoop <laughs> interviewing himself, but he's interviewing it's, uh, Donald Trump interviewing Ron DeSantis and then Donald Trump interviewing uh, RFK Jr. Okay. All right. Let's go. Hey there, Meatball. Can you yeah, uh, I'm not going to sit here and let you uh, besmirch my name, my surname, by calling it the Sanctimonious. Okay, that has to stop now, all right? Floridians are not going to take that, okay? Sure, we wear Crocs on our feet, but our last names stay unplayed with, unmessed around, frankly. Look, you know what? I want to do something I've never done before. 
I want to, I won't call you Desanctimonious. Thank you. But I will call you Meatball. I don't like that either. In fact, I, I like that worse. I would take Desanctimonious if I had to pick one. Does that hurt your feelings, Meatball? Yeah, it kind of does, because I've been working on my figure for a long time, okay? I'm down here campaigning. Try a little harder! I've, I've been bartending. I don't know if you saw me bartending. I was handing out beers with the common people. You seem to be striking a chord with the people. Why do you think that is? Well, despite my vocal cords, yes, I am striking a chord with the American people. Because, like you said, coming across the aisle, if you come across the food aisle in your local supermarket, you'll notice that all the prices are widely inflated. And so why is this happening? And the policies, so the failed policies of Biden have really <laughs> just hurt a lot of American people. It's not good. I'll stop you right there. You know, your voice, you brought it up. Okay, <laughs> okay. I was. It's good. It's good. Jason Scoop, find him online. Fantastic stuff. Hey, did you see Cardi B? Uh, was on stage and, uh, some guy threw a drink at her and she threw a microphone at the guy. I kind of can understand that. It almost seemed like a natural kind of reaction. Now, Cardi B is, uh, I mean, she's really out there. It's, uh, some of the stuff that she does on the stage is, uh, uh, I mean, it's fine, but you got to do it at night. You got to do it, uh, possibly in private. You know, she did it. I think she did it at the Grammy Awards, didn't she? Was that was that her with Meg the Stallion? Uh, she was doing this whole uh, whatever. Anyway, Cardi B is listed as a suspect for battery after throwing her microphone at a concert goer. A suspect. Footage of the incident shows the rapper Thirty chucking her mic into the crowd in retaliation to an audience member who threw their drink at her while she was performing at Dre's Beach Club on Saturday. Uh, page six has learned that the woman she struck while performing Bodak Yellow, which probably means something perverted, uh, went to the cops after the show. We're told the concert goer walked into the Las Vegas Metro PD on Sunday to report the incident, which was caught on camera by several other fans in the crowd. Police tell us no arrests or citations. Okay, this is just something. This is kind of a little bit fake news, perhaps. Um, but I did see it, and uh, she really threw that microphone at the guy. I would not mess with Cardi B. She had these huge, huge bouncers all over the place. Let's see. Did anything happen yet? Uh, Vice President Biden, uh, speaker 20 plus times, 20 plus times. What the hell was he checking in for at ordinary meetings 20 plus times? That's a lot. Uh, I got to go in a moment. Deborah, yes? Yes. Hi. Hi, Greg. Um, Carmine. He was offended by this man with no shirt. Yeah. Is that what? The, yeah, right. So is he offended when guys walk down the street and their pants are down to their thighs and they're showing their underwear? Yeah, that's something he should definitely does, not mess with that he either. Tap them on the shoulder. And yeah, say good point. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you heard what I said. I tried to dissuade him from doing any of that stuff. Discourage I know, him. but one day he's going to pick the wrong person. Yeah, so uh, hopefully. Greg, how long How long do you think it's going to be before Robert Chambers gets arrested for something else? You know, I really hope not. I mean, I hope not. I hope not, too. I hope not. Uh, yeah, I hope he's under supervision and, uh, you know, and uh, he gets his life straightened out. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I'm sorry for the Levin family, but uh, the, the state said he time's up. It looks to me like they threw the book at him extra hard because of the Levin thing, you know, for this case, for the drugs. I mean, 15 years for drugs, that's a long time, 19 years. So I hope he stays clean. Thank you, Deborah. Janet, yeah? 
I just have two quick things to say. Sometimes you drive me nuts. Well, so what? Um, about what? Well, first of all, could you imagine going into that delicatessen and that guy come in that you saw in the street the other day, yesterday, with a jock strap well, on? Well, he wasn't wearing a jock strap. He was not wearing a shirt. Janet, I don't know if you listened to the story. The man wasn't wearing a shirt in a deli, all right? And I happen to know Carmine. I like Carmine. I don't think he should be messing with that stuff, all right? If the guy came in with a jock strap, that would be a little bit of a different story. But, you know, I mean, <laughs> this is not 1600, okay? And not wearing a shirt is just, you know, you really are taking your life in your own hands if you uh, start engaging strangers about what they're wearing. So I stand by what I said. Is there another thing? Yes, there is. Oh. If you have a little, if, if I'm the mother of that little girl, the granddaughter of our great president, would you allow your daughter, or would I allow my daughter, I would say who your father is, but I don't want her seeing him at Christmas and holiday time. Who? Who? Support who? her and go to college. Wait, 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 wait. Who are you talking? Oh, you're talking about the uh, the granddaughter. Everybody's so excited, and you said that now he has that seventh grandchild, and so he'll have a stocking at Christmas. Wait, what do you mean everyone's so excited? No one's even talking about it. No one's even talking about it. It's barely made the news. I mean, look, the idea that the president of the United States had an unacknowledged granddaughter, that's a disgrace. You know that, right? You know that. But you're not alone, Janet. A lot of people would like the kid to uh, never meet Joe Biden. And, yeah, I offer that. He's She's probably better off. But financially, they can do the right thing, and they better. They better, selfish Bidens. All right, Janet, uh, thanks, I think, and I'll see you guys later.